Welcome to Protect, suicide prevention training podcast for healthcare professionals. I'm Manan, consultant psychiatrist, founder, and head of faculty at Progress Guide. Good day and welcome to episode 26. I'm Mahi, your host, and with me as usual is Manan, head of faculty for Progress Guide. Today, we are going to take a break from the sequence of podcasts based on the critical conversations in Crisis Care course. We return back to the sequence in a couple of weeks, and that is because there are quite a few exciting things happening at Progress.Guide, which we want to share with you all. Don't worry, we will return back to critical conversations in borderline personality disorder. The break from the sequence might give you a chance to practice some of the skills Write back to us with questions, which we will then fit into our future podcasts. So, two major pieces of work coming to fruition. More like the beginning of the journey, really. But yes, major, major training events. It does get quite busy with events in August and September with World Suicide Prevention Day on the 10th of September. So we are actually quite packed to the rafters. We are recording this podcast on the 6th of August. It will air on the 12th, which is our usual Friday. By then, the first major event would have happened. Yes, the event is on the 10th of August, and that is being organized by APRA. So APRA stands for Australian Health Practitioner Regulation Agency. I've been working with them on an expert advisory group for over a year. Suicide prevention in doctors and nurses is a particular passion of yours? Absolutely. Uh, Health practitioners are always caring for others. Who is caring for them? So Martin Fletcher, APRA CEO, is on a mission to make APRA a a compassionate regulator. He has put together a great team. Uh, Susan Bigger does a lot of the heavy lifting, but the amount of work this team has done in a year is phenomenal. Dr. Anna van der Gag from School of uh, Health Sciences in Surrey, UK, brings in her expertise. And the team here at APRA have been in touch with the GMC, General Medical Council in the UK, to understand the lessons that they learned from similar work that they undertook into suicide prevention in healthcare professionals who have undergone a notification. The focus is on making the regulatory process more compassionate? Yes, and to prevent suicide and suicidal distress in this very difficult time in a doctor or nurse's or allied health professional's life, you know, when they have had a notification to APRA. Being a doctor or a nurse or any health professional is so essential to their identity. A notification must be extremely threatening. Indeed. And for APRA too, it is a very tricky time because, you know, they are regulators. Most of them come from legal backgrounds. They have to ensure that the standards of acceptable practice within the profession are upheld. So inherently, notification leads to adversarial positions. And Martin is very keen to find creative ways in which the regulatory journey is embedded in the same principles of kindness and compassion, which APRA wants its healthcare practitioners to engage in every day. So essentially role modeling the same process. Must be such a difficult balancing act. Absolutely. But it is so important to get the balance right by identifying those intensely stressful trigger points that can spark a suicidal act. But there'll be so many of those, and many health notifications are about mental health and addictions challenges, so the person will be already predisposed. True. And if you look at Joyner's interpersonal theory of suicide, 
in order for someone to take their life through suicide, they have to have the desire to end their life and they have to have the capability to overcome the strong life force that lies within each of us. By life force, you mean the desire to avoid pain and death? Yes, exactly. So if you look at the capability to overcome this life force, doctors, dentists, nurses, paramedics are a bit like soldiers. They develop what we describe as acquired capability because of exposure to pain and death. You mean they're desensitized to the idea of death? Yes, and it is easier for them to cross this threshold from ideation into action. Not to mention the access to means and the knowledge they have of the human body, human physiology, which means that they can do some serious damage to themselves. And the notifications or events in the regulatory process can trigger that kind of suicidal thinking? Absolutely. So under the heading of desire, Joyner talks about failed belongingness and perceived burdensomeness. Now think about what happens following a notification. Often the health practitioner is not allowed to practice. They can't talk about something that is under investigation. There is a huge amount of shame attached to a process like this. And as we were discussing, being a doctor or a nurse or a psychologist is so central to their identity. Yes, you can't go to work. And for many who have had a notification, suddenly they stop belonging to the peer group that they belonged. So you can see if your entire life or waking day revolves around delivering care to others, suddenly your purpose in life is gone. Your identity is stripped away from you. You don't belong anymore to your identity group. And for many who are self-employed, like general practitioners running their own surgeries, they are not getting paid if they are not seeing patients so they're not providing for their families and that creates perceived burdensomeness you also have to think that if you're running a surgery there would be people like receptionists admin staff other nurses who are also dependent on you for their salaries as well so you get to the place where you start thinking my life has no value yes a really dangerous concoction when failed belongingness due to lost identity perceived burdensomeness from not being able to fulfill one's life's purpose, whether that be delivering care to society or providing for your family, overridden by guilt and shame, acquired capability from desensitization to the idea of pain and death, access to means, knowledge of human physiology, in a person with intense emotional pain, you can see how all of this is shaping together. Not that hard to see, is it? how such a person can cross the ideation action divide. But as a society, we need health regulation and a body to enforce such regulations so no harm comes to public. Yes, and professional standards need to be upheld and therein lies the challenge for APRA. They are regulators and the circumstances under which they interact with health professionals is a really difficult time. How do you strike a balance between your regulatory obligations to society and your humanistic obligations to the person you are regulating? A challenge indeed. So what are you providing in terms of training and who are you providing it to? Well, the training is for the clinical input service. It's the health management teams. The training is bespoke for health regulators as we focus in on certain aspects of PROTECT, which are most relevant to health practitioners who have undergone a notification process. So at Progress Guide, we have the suite of training for health, i.e. the training for health professionals and the parallel suite for education. 
professionals working in schools, colleges, and universities. I'm assuming this is in the health stream. Oh yes, this is the pulse training for health professionals, but it is a slightly extended version than the one we deliver for general hospital staff to spot the emergence of suicidal ideation. And as I said, it has been adapted for health regulators and can be used anywhere in the world by any health regulator really. I'm assuming we will hear more about how the training went in the next episode. Oh yes, and we will do a wrap up here because we generally tend to record at the weekend so that will be either the 13th or the 14th of August and the training is on the 11th. I might have said the 10th before, but yeah, it is on the 11th of August. That's a Thursday. Ah, so right before the big week with English Schools Foundation in Hong Kong. <laughs> big indeed. This is a good time I assume to welcome our listeners in Hong Kong as this episode will air on the 12th. Actually, that's correct. English Schools Foundation is a conglomeration of 22 international schools in Hong Kong and we have been designing their suicide prevention program since April and we are going to have a big band training event in the week starting the 15th of August and then we will work with them for an entire year to build up the skills and competencies of school counselors, principals, heads of years, teachers and even students. So it is a major program and we are delighted to be partnering up with English Schools Foundation who are so committed to student well-being. They are an enlightened bunch and it has been so refreshing to work with the likes of Tracy Chitty, she is the safeguarding and well-being advisor at Student Support Services, an absolute kindred spirit. I really wish we had more people like her in our schools who have this real fire in their belly to make our children more resilient. so that they can navigate the ups and downs of life that we will all inevitably get at some point in our life 22 schools that is massive i think it is over 18000 students and 1500 teachers i'm not sure of the exact stats but it is quite big so all of this is adding to your goal of 10 million lives touched by 2040 <laughs> yes my geometric progression of 10 2040 you should have done 10 2030 one has to be realistic but you never know you know the way the podcast is going maybe we will be able to touch 10 million lives by 2030 oh man to that so please do keep spreading the word it will help us in achieving our goal during this busy period we will do shorter podcasts today you learn about the work that apra is doing and why it is so critical to support healthcare professionals when they are undergoing a regulatory process you learn about joiners interpersonal theory and how desire and capability come together failed belongingness perceived burdensomeness and acquired capability in a person who has access to means and has knowledge of how to take one's life that is a dangerous mix and that is why suicide prevention training for regulators is so important they often come from a legal background as i was saying and an understanding of the psychological pain of healthcare professionals can make such a difference to the interactions that happen during that regulatory process. We'll do a wrap up of the health regulators training next time, but perhaps more importantly we will delve into suicide prevention in schools and universities. Although these episodes might be slightly shorter, Manan is doing a number of events in the lead up to World Suicide Prevention Day. We can post the details at www.progress.guide. From memory, there is one on the 31st of August for Lifeline Western Australia. That's at 7:30 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time, i.e. Brisbane time. I believe that is an overview talk, Protect Life Pearls, Practical Suicide Prevention Skills from Hospital to Schools, and then you got the big event on World Suicide Prevention Day itself. 
Yes, that's the UK Suicide Prevention Summit hosted by the Mental Health Academy. So that's on the 10th of September, Brisbane time, 8pm. Have you decided yet what your topic is for that? No, not yet. I was discussing with Pedro Gondin, the CEO of Mental Health Academy, uh, you know, what would be most relevant. I'm leaning towards the AWARE framework and the critical crisis care conversations, but I'm sleeping on it and procrastinating making my decision. But given we have been doing them in the podcast, I think it would make sense to do that. Yes, that will link up nicely to the podcast series as well. That brings us to the end of today's episode. Hope you are making plans in your organization too as to how to observe World Suicide Prevention Day on the 10th of September. It's an important observance and essential to getting the word out there that suicide prevention is everybody's responsibility. Over the next month, you will hear me say this as a broken record. Every 40 seconds, a life is lost to suicide and awareness about what we can do individually can save a life. A life who is someone's father, mother, brother, sister, son, daughter, husband, wife, friend. You can play a part in the fight against suicide. I hope you do. Catch up next Friday and keep smiling. You will keep getting smiles back.